0: Put industry leading, difference making, and tomorrow shaping on your to-do list. Explore Deloitte technology careers at Deloitte.com slash tech careers and engineer your future at Deloitte. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, You'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com rebates.
1: You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Bronco's Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge.
2: Okay, we're live. We're going to let this stream breathe just for a minute. You guys know how we do here at the Huddle Up podcast. Welcome in, everybody. It's your boy, Chad Jensen, and my partner in crime, Zach Kelberman. We're here to uh, go through the Mile High Mailbag And of course, this is the Huddle Up podcast as presented by Mile High Huddle and as powered by Overtime Media. Zach, before we get to the mailbag and see what's on the mind of our awesome listeners today and bring the questions, bring the comments, you know, that this is our favorite pod of the week. No holds barred. But we got to get this out of the way and talk about earlier this afternoon. There's two pieces of news I wanted to get your thoughts on. First and foremost, Von Miller has tested positive for that bug that shall go unnamed on this podcast. We all know what we're talking about here. And uh, he, it, I mean, I don't know this, but just listening to the statement he put out to uh, Mike Cliss of KUSA nine news, it seems like he's asymptomatic. Like it was news to him that he's even sick, that he's carrying anything. So he says he feels fine. Everything's cool. And some of these people, that's how they, you know, some people, when they get this thing, they don't express any kind of problems. So anyway, He's got asthma. That's one thing you do got to keep in mind with Vaughn, but so far, so good with him.
3: Yeah, I'm glad he's okay, first and foremost. I mean, it is pretty legit, even though you and I, Chad, we dissent from the public outcry among this issue and on this topic, but I'm glad Vaughn's okay. Unfortunately, it wasn't worse. And, uh, I just know it's going to bring about overreactions, though. That's what I want to avoid. You know, cancel the season. Cancel all sports until 2021. It's still April 16th. This was bound to happen. It happened with the Rams center yesterday. Jake Leaser broke that news. It's just, it's going to happen. I'm just glad Vaughn's case isn't more serious. He can recover. He's supposed to speak tomorrow publicly and address it. So hopefully the public panic and the the doom and gloomers aren't, you know, latching onto this. It's, It's not as serious as it would indicate.
2: Well, and we got some good news from the federal government today that um, they put together three different phases for states at their own discretion, let, you know, based on governor's uh, own discretion, to start phasing back into opening up, as it were, to getting things back to normal. So nobody, we're not out of the woods yet in terms of this thing being completely behind us, but it's encouraging, uh, Zach. We might be bordering on the irresponsible saying this even now. But it's, enc- it's encouraging to feel like there's positive upward momentum climbing out of something As instead of this for a while there, especially early on in April, man, it just felt like we we're sinking lower and lower and lower. You got 22 million people that have filed for unemployment right. out of jobs since this thing started. And I mean, think about that, guys, 22 million people. So thank God that it's turning. And here soon, it'll be a state-by-state kind of case-by-case basis. Things will be getting better.
3: I just find it it's so crazy, Chad, that we have to walk on eggshells to be positive about this. I mean, I can go on an hour long tangent about the certain political viewpoints and the dichotomy there, but the fact that we have to tiptoe around being positive, we're not downplaying the issue. We're not saying go out and go party and go gather with a bunch of people. But we all have to keep things in perspective here. And Chad and I, I can speak for him and I speak for myself, obviously. We don't buy into that panic. We don't buy into the doom and gloom. We are looking for the positivity, but backing it up with facts. It's not just our gut. We're not trying to be doctors. It's just what we base it off of with facts and numbers and statistics. And I think we're trending in a positive direction. It's just so hard to address this topic without mentioning it by name either. We're trying not to be not
2: very not PC. That, as you said, upsetting people. You got to worry about. Treading on eggshells, people take it very seriously. And in one in one sense, I guess I can understand it. I mean, we're talking about issues. This is an issue that is a matter of life and death, and it has taken upwards of thirty thousand Americans from this earth. And so, in that sense, Zach and I absolutely one hundred percent respect it. But it just there were just times it felt like it was getting carried away—the doom and gloom, and the the fear, and the panic, as you said. But you know what, Vaughn is going to be okay by all appearances. He's a young, healthy male. Even though he's an asthma case, he is one of the most prolific athletes in the world in terms of being at the tip-top peak ultimate of physical fitness. So hopefully uh, it'll be a matter of a couple of weeks of being shut in and then everything will be back to normal for him. But Zach, let's welcome in really quick some of the people that have been hanging out in the room. Ruben, Michael, Mark, what's going on? King Stacy, Pete, Got some super chats coming in. Buana Beast, what's going on, my friend? Uh, Toy Mafia, it's good to see each and every one of you in the room. And of course, we have to grab this awesome super chat superstar from Mount Rushmore That's jumping in. And it's a fitting number considering what we just discussed. Christy jumping in with a $58 super. Appreciate you, you, Christy. It's unbelievable. Thank you, Christy. She says, wishing Vaughn the best. Take all my. Wuhan money. (laughs) There's one of the buzzwords that we're probably not supposed to say on this podcast, but you know what? To heck with it. To heck with it. Things are improving and I'm feeling (laughs) optimistic. So to heck with it. And Christy, thank you so much guys. You know what this podcast is all about. It's, it's the mile high mailbag. We are your football priests each and every week. Zach and I are here to offer you the absolution and the answers to your burning Broncos questions. And we can't wait to get to those. And and see what's on your minds here today. Um, Let me just bear with me one second here. But first, Zach, before we get into that, let me just give everybody a couple of quick reminders. So many new listeners to this show, each and every podcast, that we got to keep this a fresh part of top of every show, reminding everybody how to connect with us on social media. Make sure you're following the podcast on Twitter, at Pod. It is simply the best way for you to keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening with this show in real time. And then while you're at it, Make sure you also follow the main account at Mile High Huddle on Twitter as, as well for breaking Broncos news and analysis as it's coming down the pike. And you know, you can see here where to find my partner at Kelberman NFL, myself at Chad and Jensen. So with that out of the way, Zach, I want to get to the questions of our listeners, our awesome uh, super chat superstars as well. But first, there's one topic we need to digest that broke Thursday, and this has been a viral story on milehighhuddle.com.
1: This is the Overtime Podcast
2: Network.
0: As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit.
1: Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Here's the headline. Report Broncos targeting
2: blockbuster trade-up with the Browns. It came out uh, Thursday morning from Michael Lombardi, who is associated with many different sports media companies, mainly the Athletic. Here's what he said, Zach, quote, Denver is trying to make a deal with Cleveland, which seems like the target team to get ahead of two teams that need a wideout, the Jets and the Raiders. Zach, is this more smoke or is this fire?
3: I think there's some fire to it. Obviously, we all know the Broncos love this wide receiver class. They probably love one specific wide receiver among the group. Maybe it's Jerry Judy. Maybe it's CeeDee Lamb. Maybe it's Henry Ruggs. We all know they have a need. They have the capital. I think to get ahead of receiver-needy teams, because that run could start with the Raiders shed, they have to move up to 10. And fortunately, the Browns might want to trade back to take a lineman or a tackle or whatever they're targeting. So I think there's some truth to this. I think there's some validity to what the Broncos want to do, and you wouldn't... I were both asked on Twitter, what would it take to move from 15 to 10? It's not going to be future picks. It's not going to be a second-round pick. It's not going to be a player. Based on the value draft chart, which is not gospel, a third-round and a fourth-round pick could be enough to make that trade happen. And you know what, Chad? To guarantee a blue-chip wide receiver, I am doing that all day.
2: I'm still torn on the issue of trading up. It just depends on, as as you've talked about quite a bit today, both on social media, on this pod— The cost. I mean, if you can get it done on the relative, I don't want to say cheap because it's not going to be cheap, but if you can get it done at a manageable cost, you know, a third and a fourth maybe, I could I could live with it. Maybe two-thirds is the most, but still even then, man, I'm not sure trading up for a wide receiver. Like, I just have a hard time with that personally. But if the Broncos end up pulling that off, Zach, and they get the – quintessential wide receiver, too, to compliment Sutton, to compliment Noah Fant, to give Drew Locke every weapon possible to succeed in 2020, I'll get behind it. I'll back it up. It'll be all good.
3: I mean, you have three third-round draft picks. You have 10 picks in total. What's a a third-and-a-fourth rounder? And then when you consider, if you have intel that would suggest that by the 15th pick, all three receivers are off the board, you have to make that trade. I'm not a big proponent of it. I've been saying, let the board fall to you. But for a a third-and-a-fourth, I am doing that all day for a Jerry, Judy, or a Henry Ruggs. Now, I wouldn't do it for the top 10. I wouldn't do it for Simmons. I wouldn't mortgage the future. But a a third-and-a-fourth, Chad, is peanuts considering the capital the Broncos have and the need they have a wide receiver.
2: Let's grab this super chat from Bronx legend, who is increasingly becoming one of our superstars. We appreciate you, my friend. Thank you. The stream passed you up. I, it jumped really quick. And so, well, we just lost Zach. He'll be back on. But let me grab this from Bronx legend, $5 super. You know, we appreciate you, my brother. He says, first, prayers up for Vaughn. Now, can we actually say – and here's Zach coming back. Here he is. Barely
3: So sorry, guys.
2: We live and die by the vagaries of the internet. You guys know that. Sometimes we got to roll with the punches. But I'm reading Brox and Legends uh superhero. He says, yeah. first up, prayers for Vaughn. Now, can we actually say, if true, that if we trade up to, t- to the top 10, in this case, talking about the Cleveland rumor to 10, that our pick will be for a wide receiver. I think it's pretty fair to say, Zach, I mean, as much as I don't necessarily love it. If the Broncos make that trade, it's probably going to be for a wide receiver.
3: Yeah, that lineman rumor for a tackle, that is a smokescreen. They're not going to move up for a tackle. The only player they move up for, a position they move up for, is a wide receiver. So don't believe what you're hearing about the Bectons or the Worfs rumors to trade up for them. If they move to 10 or any other number up, it's for a wide receiver.
2: And by the way, guys, we are exploring other ways uh, in which to stream different platforms and tools that we can use so that we're not as dependent on, not so much dependent so that we can control more the the chat stream and super chats. And like this awesome listener, Mike Evans jumped in with a super sticker, which we can't show on the screen right now because the stream passed it by. And we're going to rectify that here in the very near future. We're finding new ways in which to make this podcast even better for you, our listeners and our awesome supporters out there in Broncos country. But Mike, I just wanted to give you some credit there and a shout out. We really do appreciate that. It means the world to us. And let me grab one more here, Zach from Ben, and then we will get back to the questions in earnest. This one coming from Ben Roth on super chat. Oh, and it cut off his name. So bear with me one sec. Here we go, man. It's not one thing. It's another. Bear with me one sec, guys. There's a good one, too. Here we go. Got it. Bada bing. Bada bang. Ben Roth, $5 super. Thank, Thank you, Ben. You. Despite having five picks in the top three rounds, I would like them to come away with three coveted players. Package picks and get your guys. So that's, a, that's one philosophy. Look, John Elway has never made five selections in the top 100 in nine drafts as the Broncos' top footballs are. So, you know, the Broncos have gotten by okay not having five picks in the top 100. Ben's point here is if you can consolidate those five picks into three blue chippers, you're taking the quantum leap forward. you got to do it. I mean, you have
3: holes throughout the roster. You have holes on defense. You're not going to make all 10 draft picks, Chad. I don't care about some six-round linebacker. I'd rather use that pick to move up to get blue chip players in the top 100 picks. You have to – I agree with the premise of this point. If they can come away with three starters – from that group, that'd be amazing. And it's not that far-fetched either. A wide receiver, an offensive lineman, or, and a cornerback, or an inside linebacker, if you can get those three players in the top 100, the draft is an A, regardless of what they do after that.
2: All right, let's grab here. Bear with me one second. From Ian Garrett, let's grab this again. For some reason, now this was the big story yesterday at milehighhuddle.com that Demarius Thomas would like to return to the Denver Broncos, received a lot of questions from fans today, reaching out to me on DMs on different social media channels. And so let's get it out there, make sure everyone knows what's going on, Zach. uh, Ian wants to know on Facebook, is it true that Demarius Thomas wants to come back to Denver? Yeah, he said it himself. This isn't a report. This is Demarius Thomas in a conversation for everybody to hear on Denver Radio, 104.3 The Fan on the Stokely and Zach Show. said, yeah, I want to come back to Denver. I don't need to be the number one. But guys, as we've told you, as cool of a story as it would be and whatnot, it's just very unlikely to happen. It's they already have two X receivers. Most of the time with John Elway, when a ship sails, it sails. There's no turning back. You know, the the he just doesn't rekindle things too often. Whether I mean Brock Osweiler is the exception that proves the rule. You can talk about Corey Nelson as well. Billy Wynn. I might be missing one or two other people, but it's very rare that Elway has has tried to, you know. Cook things back up. So just don't expect it. If it happens, we'll see if he can even make it through training camp and win a, a roster spot. But that's another thing this team would want to be careful about. If they added Demarius Thomas, Zach, they'd want to make sure he's at least healthy enough to make this roster and capable to make this roster because that would that would hurt as, you know, a potential future ring of famer to come back and then not even make the final 53. First of
3: all, what else is he going to say? He's a free agent looking to drum up interest to land a contract somewhere. There's a reason why he's untouched right now. He's in his 30s. He is coming off the torn Achilles. He's not the same receiver, not even close to it like he was early in his career. And like I said on Twitter, what would he provide? What is the purpose? Sutton doesn't need a mentor. The Broncos have younger guys. They have possession receivers. All he would do is take away reps from the younger players. They don't need him. Maybe... Like I said, as a consultant or some guy to come in, talk to the locker room, maybe get on staff eventually, maybe in the ring of fame. I just don't see him as a player. Jen. He would bring nothing to the table and to get in. There's a rumor or a theory. They bring him back to get him to his milestone in terms of catches. That is not our yards. It's not how LA operates. He, he doesn't care what's best for the individual. It's what's best for that business. Exact,
2: just FYI, Zach, in case you're not aware the the connection on your side's breaking up just a little bit. So in, uh, Worst case scenario, guys, if if Zach's internet gives us continues to give us problems, uh, we'll just march forward. He can come on and off and might have to reset a router or something. We'll see how it shakes out, but we're, we'll roll with the punches in the meantime. And, Grico, that's one thing. I don't want to continue to talk about this on this podcast, but we've never once said don't take it serious. We've always said to everybody, make sure you're minding the simple uh, social distancing guidelines, being smart. All those things apply. We're just talking about the apocalyptic fear mongering that, that for a time, I don't want to say has like it's still a, pre, a predominant issue, but for a time there, man, it was just, you know, it was too much. And it contributed to, I think, uh, a lot of uh, anxiety and a lot of depression. We don't even know what kind of impact that had per se, even on business and people losing their jobs. So we're just saying, look, let's focus on the fact that if the feds, the federal government, the CDC doctors, they're all saying, all right, look, we've this thing's kind of been nipped in the bud and we can begin to put this the measures in place to climb out of it. Let's focus on that instead of the doom and gloom. Let's still be smart, Zach. Let's still mind our P's and Q's with regard to social distancing and the whole nine yards, but let's focus on moving forward.
3: Can you hear me? First of all, I don't want to. Gotcha. Yep. Okay. You're good. Yeah. I'm not saying we're not taking it seriously. We're not saying, like I said, we're not saying go out there and, and not socially distance. I've been quarantining. I've been following the rules, but you can look at it objectively. Also, you can look at things realistically based on stats, trends, and numbers. And I guess I can just speak for myself and Chad that we didn't buy into the doom and gloom. Of course, we're taking it seriously. Of course, we acknowledge it. It's affecting our lives professionally, personally, but... We also don't buy into the panic. It it was 2 million Americans were going to die, then 1 million, and then 100,000, and now it's down to 30. I mean, that's a drastic decrease in numbers, and I just think it was overestimated from the jump, and that's
1: that's pretty much as far as we'll go with that. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. Tell Joe Biden and left wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.
2: Yeah, we don't we don't want to continue to we probably already talked too much about it at the top. Again, yeah. this is a sensitive issue. People get offended for people misconstrue. It's just I've honestly been mystified by the response of a lot of people on this yeah. topic. But nevertheless, Stu McPeak comes in to cut through yeah. the BS. And focus on positive things. Stu. from Mount Rushmore himself. Stu, I'm sorry the stream passed by the the super chat, but I'm grabbing you here. Another symbolic number there, 58 for for Von Miller. Stu, you are a huge part of this community, and you know how much we appreciate you, my brother.
3: Thank you so much, Stu. That's uh, we run out of things to say about your donations and your generosity, but we appreciate it wholeheartedly.
2: Yep, it doesn't mean we uh, you know how much we appreciate and love you, my friend, and hope everything's going okay with you up in your neck of the woods. Let's grab James here. He says, uh, well, where to go? What's up? Where's was up? I'm missing something. The capital is there talking about a trade up within reason and secure the receiver who they like best. Cleveland is a very logical trade partner because they're ahead of the jets, the Raiders and the Niners. And there's a recent trade history as well. Zach, I've been hearing things on this topic in terms of trying to guess who that target might be. And I'm I'm hearing, dude, that they like Jerry Judy the most. Of all these receivers, they like Jerry Judy the most. I'll still be surprised. Honestly, I'll still be surprised if John Elway drafts either Jerry Judy or Henry Ruggs because he's still never one time in the history of his GMing drafted an Alabama Crimson Tide player.
3: Valid point. I just think this is the year where you can end that streak, Chad. I mean, two out of the big three wide receivers play for that school. And I'm with you, though. I, I don't think my, my, my preference is Henry Ruggs. My, my gut is telling me they want Judy or C.D. Lynn, probably Jerry Judy. But again, either of those big three would all do the trick. As long as Locke gets his shiny new toy, I'm a happy camper.
2: Let's grab another superstar, Edward Keating himself, the man, the myth, the legend, $30 Thank super. Wow. Thank you, Ed. He goes, I go back to work uh, on Monday. So awesome. ready for the draft. Keep up the great work. You guys rock. Hashtag state of being. Denver Broncos for life. That is great news, Ed. I'm glad things have turned and yeah. are improving on your side of things. And um, uh, as always, if there's anything we can do to help out, please let us know. But it's great to have you in the stream. As always, my friend, we appreciate you. Yeah, I'm
3: happy uh, things turned around for you, Ed. Appreciate you.
2: All right, let's see here what kind of questions we got. We want to try and keep this nice and balanced if possible. A lot of questions or a lot of comments. Here's one from Tony. He said the Browns want uh, the offensive tackle Ezra Cleveland from Boise state, but they don't want to take him at 10. If that's true, I haven't heard that specifically. And maybe there's a report you're going off, Tony, that I just don't, I haven't been made aware of, but that's right. He's a very attractive offensive tackle to a lot of teams but he's not quite viewed as a top half of the first round option. He's not up there with the top four in the eyes of most teams. He's kind of a back end of the first, early second round offensive tackle. So maybe the Browns, if they jumped from 10 to 15, feel a little bit more comfortable taking Ezra Cleveland, if that truly is who they have their heart set on.
3: That could be a smokescreen, too, as well. Put it out from Cleveland. They want Ezra Cleveland hoping that another lineman would fall into their laps. I don't see how they can take him at 10 or 15, but that is definitely a logical trade partner for Denver to get ahead of the receiver-needy teams like the Jets and Raiders. That's that's where I think there's validity to that trade, Chad. Maybe right. not who they take in a trade back, but the Broncos trading up for that spot.
2: Yeah, and the other thing is if you're trying to get to 10, it's because you are worried about those teams that mentioned, that I think James mentioned there, uh, the Niners, the Raiders, and the Jets potentially taking a wide receiver, which means you're in on one of those wide receivers. You're trying to get one of those who you view as the top wide receiver. That's what the Broncos seem to be intent on doing. And Kevin here says, if you're going to trade up, go after Werfs. That's what I would say in a perfect world, but I just don't think reading the signs, Zach, that that's what the football gods have in store for this team. If John Alway ends up consummating this trade – you can probably bet uh, your bottom dollar that it's going to be one of these three players, Henry Ruggs, Jerry Judy, or C.D. Lamb.
3: As much as they need a backup behind Garrett Bowles and Juwan James, probably a replacement for at least one of those players. Knowing Elway, who wants to give James a shot being the starter, they gave him a huge contract. Bowles is still his former first-round pick. They're trying to squeeze every piece of blood from that stone and, and trying to uh, you know, avoid the buzzword with him. So I'd be surprised if they shredded up for a tackle. It's got to be for a wide receiver.
2: Let's grab Terry here, and then we'll grab Christian. Appreciate you, Terry. Proving, as always, up in Canada, the Broncos country is not a geographic location. It is a state of being. He says, I think the Gordon signing will help keep, or do you think the Gordon signing will help keep some tread on Lindsay's tires? And then he's in line uh, to get paid. Hashtag football priest, hashtag state of being. Appreciate you so much, Terry. You know that, my yeah. friend. And uh, we need to get you a hat. Have we gotten you a hat? I know we got you a shirt. We need to get you a hat. So I'll I'll hit you up on that. In fact, the one you can see behind me, maybe I'll just send you that one. Um, in some sense you could say it will mitigate the wear and tear for for Philip Lindsay, but at the same time, the sweet spot for Lindsay is going to be that 15 touches or so. You know, let's say 12 of those as a rusher, three of those as a receiver, whatever. That might you know that balance might change with Pat Shermer liking to throw a lot more to running backs out of the backfield, but. How much of that is really going to be affected by Gordon's involvement in the offense? Maybe it does go down. Maybe he goes from the 15 touch per game to 10 to 12 touches per game. And if that's the case, you're definitely going to preserve some of that tread on his tires.
3: Well, I'm, I'm, among the minority, who doesn't believe that Philip Lindsay's injury-prone. He's taken a lot of big shots over the last couple of years, Chad. He had one freak wrist injury, but I'm not going to label him injury-prone and think he's this fine piece of China who's going to break at the slightest touch. I think the Melvin Gordon, his presence alone will motivate Philip Lindsay, not necessarily keeping him fresh. I, we had this question yesterday who's going to have more touchdowns? I, I end up thinking that Lindsay's going to have more receiving touchdowns than Melvin Gordon. He's going to use this as his motivation to play better and get a contract that he thinks he deserves and that he does deserve.
2: Let's grab Christian here, jumping in with a $5 super. And I, I'm sorry we can't show your card, my friend, that shows your Twitter or your uh, profile pick and whatnot, but we're grabbing you here. We really Thank appreciate you. it. He says, I think the Broncos trading up to the 10th pick means they're likely set on rugs. Hashtag state of being from Vegas. Oh, man, that would have been cool. We could have hung out, and Christian would have been one of the the listeners we probably would have been able to have meet and greet and hang out with for the draft, which is next week, man. I'm still smarting over that. We missed such a – what would have been a phenomenal opportunity to engage with our listeners.
3: Yeah, uh, I I happen to agree though. I think they love Henry Ruggs, and I think they're going to go get a receiver. I, I just something tells me it's Jerry Judy though. I, I just think they'll take the safer prospect of the two, who doesn't have the quote unquote bust potential that some see in Henry Ruggs. But regardless, they will come away with a wide receiver. And, and yeah, Chad, it would have been great to meet up in Vegas, but one day we'll get we'll make it happen.
2: Yeah, we'll we'll find a way to replace that and do something different here. Let's grab Pete Johnson on Facebook says, if we were going to move up for a receiver and the Browns were the team we we're trading with, do you think we should just give Cleveland our 15th for Odell Beckham and maybe mm-hmm. Cleveland's second or third? What do you think? Neither one of us are huge on Odell Beckham. He's a really good receiver, don't get us wrong, but he's a diva. Do you really need that in Denver right now with the culture you're trying to create? I would rather start from scratch with a, with a Rugs, a Judy, and a Lamb. If you're intent on parlaying that 15th pick into a wideout, that's what my preferred method would be.
3: God, if we didn't want Stephon Diggs because he's a diva, then what is Odell Beckham, the guy fighting with kicking nets on the sideline? Why would you want that in Denver? And also his contract, too. He's a head case. I think he's a little overrated, as far as I'm concerned, since his peak Uh-oh. years in New York. You got me?
2: Yep. Now you're back. Now you're good. Now you're I'm
3: back. just, yeah, I just, I want nothing to do with Odell, Odell Beckham Jr., his contract, his diva personality, what he brings to the table. It's, it's more baggage than talent as far as
2: I'm concerned. Let's grab Aaron, who jumps in with a five dollars super chat. Appreciate you, Aaron. Keep Broncos country rocking. I don't care how it's done, but let's get one of the top six receivers in a center. Let's go, locked and loaded. Zach, though, that would check two of these need boxes that the Broncos have. You know, Vic Fangio talked about that. He's, they're hoping that when they go on the clock, the best player available matches the a need for them, and and they can check those boxes off and it shakes out the way that Aaron's hoping for, it'll be just that. Yeah, the draft is
3: never a perfect process. You never, you know, things never go 100% according to plan. But this is my dream scenario, Chad, is to emerge from the first two or three rounds with your starting wide receiver two and your starting center. If that's rugs and cushion, that's that's best case scenario for me.
2: Let's grab Levi here who says, I'd take the kid from Louisville also, talking about Mackie Beckton. Garrett Bowles got a little better last year, but Juwan James sucks. I'm not sure why people love him so much. Those two won't get it done. Well, for what it's worth, Levi, the best offensive performance the Denver Broncos had in 2019 came in week, what was it, 14 on the road against the Houston Texans, in which Juwan James played the entire first half at right tackle, and that's where Drew Locke scored the majority of their points in the first half. So, There is empirical evidence that would rebut what you're saying about Juwan James sucking. It's a matter of he's injury prone. And how much can you count on a player that is so consistently hurt like that, that misses as much time, and especially with how weird things got with his injury last year?
3: You know, coming out of college and with the Dolphins, he was actually a premier based on grading, pro football focus anyway. He was a premier right tackle. So I wouldn't say he sucks. I think his injury history sucks, and I think his attitude sometimes toward his injury history sucks, but he's a very talented player. And uh, if the Broncos can get, just get 90% efficiency
1: out of him for a full season, they're fine on the right side. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy girl.
2: There. Josh Griffin jumping in with a $5 super. Appreciate Thank you, my you, friend. Appreciate you a lot. He says, besides Locke, John has a better track record staying put or moving back. Trading up has been bad for us in the last 10 years. Hashtag football priest. Hashtag Von Miller. That's a fair point. He traded up for Shane Ray. Didn't work out great. Traded up for Paxton Lynch. Didn't work out great. Traded back. Got Derek Wolf, Worked out really, really well. Traded back last year. Grabbed uh, Noah Fant was able to still get Drew Locke with the pick 42, worked out well. So I think there's something to that, Zach. Scared money don't make no money, though, Chad. You
3: can't be, you can't be tentative based on past indiscretions. The Broncos whiffed on Paxton Lynch, yet they still drafted Drew Locke and traded up for him. you got to keep making moves and swinging until you hit home runs. So I would not use the Broncos' previous trade history as an indicator of what they're going to do. If they like Henry Ruggs or Jerry Judy or CeeDee Lamb and they have conviction – Go up and get him. This is the time to do it. Make winning football moves.
2: Robert says, would Logan Wilson, this is the Wyoming linebacker, be a reach in the third round? I did a mock, and he was listed over 30 picks lower than 95. No, I think he might be viewed a little bit more favorably in the draftnik community than he ultimately ends up being by NFL Team Zach, but – I think the floor for him is the fourth round. I still think if, if a team takes him, if the Broncos were to take Logan Wilson and with one of those three-third rounders, we'll see if they still end up making three-third round picks. But if they did, I think it would be perfect value. Like That's about where his spot is in this class.
3: Yeah, I, I don't know that I'd use him with the first third round pick, but the second or third third round pick would be, I think, his his target range. Maybe on the optimistic side, but I would not cry if the Broncos drafted him with one of their third round picks, the second or third one.
2: Man, just when I'm getting to Ron's comment, the stream does a jump on me. Can you see Ron's in your on your side, Zach? Let me try to scroll up. Just do it nice and steady, or else it does one, it it does it for you, and it's a no going back. While well, you're looking, let me let me grab Miller707 here. Worst case, I can grab it from YouTube, but uh, Miller707 jumping in. Appreciate that $5 Dang. super, my brother. He says, I'm starting to think it would make more sense to trade back a few spots and take MIMS rather than trading up. Oh, and then trade up in the late first and get Cushionberry or Ruiz. So he's saying trade back. Maybe you can swap with Philadelphia, who's at 21. They're looking for a receiver. They might be willing to to move up. You take Mims there, maybe, is what he's saying. And then at pick 46, you maybe stay and you use some of those third rounders as one of those – who was it that – I think it was Kliss that floated that. Uh, you trade back up into the late first and, and or early second, grab Kush or Ruiz.
3: Yeah, it's a little convoluted for me. I'd rather just stay put and let one of the big three fall into the Broncos' laps, hopefully, or use one of those third-rounders and package it with a mid-round pick and then move up and get your guy at 10 or so and then go in the second round looking for your lineman. I just don't think the Broncos are going to trade back in round one, Chad. They might stay put at 15, but I just don't see a trade back this year.
2: All right, I'm grabbing Ron. Bear with us one sec here, you guys. Far be it from us to ignore a super chat superstar like Ron Dubb. Here he is jumping in. $5 super. Thank you, Thank you my friend. He says, prayers for Vaughn. If we move to pick 10 and Ruggs, Simmons, Okuda, and Werfs are still there, who do you pick? Also, do you think we'll pick up Prince Amukamara later? I still think it's a possibility, but – the farther we get out from free agency, I think you're going to see them take a corner in, in one of the premium rounds and they're going to have some big plans for that corner to see some playing time. So Prince, I don't want to quite slam the door and say that ship has sailed, Zach, but I just don't see it. If, there's a reason why it hasn't happened up to this point. And exactly. as for that uh, Sophie's Choice there, 10, if you got Simmons, Okuda, and Worfs alongside Ruggs, I'll tell you who i am taking in that. It's probably – I- It's probably, honestly, it's probably Okuda for me. But in reality, I think for the Broncos, it would end up being still Henry Ruggs if they traded to 10.
3: Yeah, I was going to say Okuda is the one guy I'd eliminate him and worse because they just, to me, they don't need a cornerback in the first round. Maybe in the third round, fourth round, then on, but not in the first round. But that is such a great question, Chad. Uh, It's tough. Those are all the top players at their respective positions. I'm probably leading towards Simmons in that spot as much as I want rugs. I mean, I have it on the board and back. of me no matter what I just Simmons would be just a completely new aspect to this Broncos defense and take it to a new level that we haven't seen even in 2015. That's really good question, but uh, Simmons is too hard to pass up in that scenario. You can get a good receiver in the second round.
2: Let's grab our friend discount audio and wills DA dub jumping in $5 super. Thank you. Appreciate you, my brother. He says uh, last year, Last year's deal from 10 to 20 and a third, I would trade up for Judy. If you're giving up a third and swapping spots to, uh, to do it, still need ammo for the O line cornerback and more. Well, it ended up being two thirds. It was a 2019 third and it was a 2020 third. So one of those 20, uh, one of the third rounders the Broncos have this year came from that Pittsburgh deal. Um, so if it was a single third, man, now you're talking. Now you're cooking with grease. Now you really have my interest. It's when you get into those two thirds, kind of being a precedent. It's not apples to apples because it's 15 to 10, and this was a 20 to 10 yeah. jump for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But I mean, Judy, it's, I've heard, and again, this is the lying season, you guys. I've heard that Judy is actually the apple of Elway's eye here when it comes to the wide receivers. We'll, we'll know soon. I mean, the draft's literally one week away from today. The draft kicks off next Thursday night. We're going to get our answers.
3: Unless the Broncos are just smitten by one of these top receivers, Chad, just completely in love and transfixed with Henry Ruggs or Jerry Judy, I wouldn't give up two third-round picks. Not in this deep receiver class. Not with the holes they have to fill on you know other positions. Absolutely, one third-round pick or a third and a fourth. I'm doing it. Two third-rounders. A little too rich for my blood.
2: Buana beast, the mayor of our community on YouTube. Appreciate you, my friend. He says, based on Nick Kendall's article at MileHighHuddle.com. Who was your dream nickel safety or nickel linebacker? For me, the dream would be Isaiah Simmons. But let's say the realistic dream. like Who who could you get realistically in this class to fit that role? And I think there are a few options. I don't love the idea of taking one in the first round like uh, Xavier McKinney. Grant Delpit I don't think is a guy Vic Fangio is going to end up liking because of his tackling issues. So then you look at the late day one, day two options like Jeremy Chin. Honestly, for me, it's probably Jeremy Chin ends up as that top option to play a little linebacker for you and sub and a little safety. And if you need him to play a little slot corner, he could probably do that for you as well. Plus, you got the Atwater connection, Zach.
3: Yeah, perfectly said. I'm in full agreement. Simmons is my number one, and then Shin in, in the second round on, you know, into the third, which he won't last Till I think he's just a physical specimen. His talent is off the board, Chad. If he can put it all together mentally and with his coaching staff and his background, his pedigree, he'd be a great pick and a great nickel safety for the Broncos.
2: Our friend Jay Stepp jumping in, $5 super. Appreciate you. you, my friend. Jay Stepp, if you're on Twitter, let me know who you are. Reach out to me so I can tag you after this podcast. Uh, We really appreciate your support. He says, I come here for stress relief and great Broncos news. Good job, fellas. Hashtag Broncos country. Well, that's good. That's, that's that's, That's why we're here too, you guys. I mean, this is what helps keep us sane as well and focused on things that, I mean, look, in the grand scheme of things, how important is football? Well, you can be dismissive about it, but honestly, I think it's pretty important. I mean, could you imagine this last month if we didn't have these you didn't have the free agency that we were able to break down and talk about and speculate on and project, If we didn't have the draft coming. I mean, it would be, take a dark and, and, and bleak period and just make it unbelievably depressing, Zach.
3: Yeah, this is therapy, but instead of couches, we're using microphone. That's the only difference, and uh, it, it's as much for us as it is for you guys. And we get comments like that, it's just
2: completely humbling, so we definitely appreciate it. It's our goal always. Amen. Martin jumping in on YouTube saying worse could be the very first tackle off the board, maybe by the Cardinals, but at pick 10, that still means Jedrick wills will be available or vice versa, which is true. I just don't think the Broncos, I prefer tackle or corner in the first round. That's my first preference, but I don't think the Broncos are thinking that way. I honestly believe the Broncos are thinking more along the lines of the way Zach's view in this first round. And it's going to end up being a corner or a wide out, especially if they make that trade. I mean, you're trading to pick 10 specifically to leapfrog the three threats to take a wide receiver right. because you covet a specific guy, and it's not a tackle probably. It's not a corner. It's a wide out.
3: Exactly. If if Werfs fell into the Broncos' laps at 15, they'd probably think about taking them, but they're not going to move up for a tackle. If they move up in this draft class before the pick is even announced, you guys should know it's a wide receiver.
2: Westside Philly jumping wow. in. $20 super. Awesome. Appreciate you, you, my friend. If you're on Twitter, reach out, let me know who you are so I can associate your YouTube with your Twitter. I would be willing to trade all seven extra picks if we could come out with Isaiah Simmons and early second-round wide receiver and the best offensive line, uh, offensive lineman we can muster after that. Not interested in letting go future picks, though. Hashtag state of being. Well, they're definitely not going to make all... I shouldn't say definitely. Odds are they're not going to make all 10 picks. Always going to move around. He moves around in every draft, not just in the first round. He moves all around through the draft. Last year, moved up to draft Jawan uh, Winfrey, for example, gave up a seventh rounder to jump back into the sixth and take him. So he's going to move around, Zach, but they got to come out with more than three, I think, in this class. Yeah, they got to hit on more positions than that. And,
3: you know, as much as I love Simmons, you're risking taking a a non-premium position. You know, it's the sexy pick possible, but a non-premium position. And in the second round, you're chanting, what if Mims is gone? What if Rager's gone? If Ayuk is the best receiver in round two and you took Simmons ahead of Ruggs or and you passed up Jerry Judy or CeeDee Lamb, it's just not what's best for business. We all want Simmons on this team, but we all recognize the Broncos need a wide receiver more. It's just reality.
2: Jordan says, still waiting for a coffee mug to hit the merch store. June. It's funny that he should say that, Zach.
3: Yes, we have that coming next. In fact, we're finalizing that tonight. Look for that very, very soon. We will probably show that off on Sunday, chat. So Sunday's pod, look out for that.
2: John on Facebook says, I saw a mock where Isaiah Simmons drops to 10 to the Browns. That's very unlikely. But if it happens and we have the 10th pick, do we go Simmons or wide receiver? You know, right now, All things being equal, I think the Broncos, if they're looking to make that trade to 10, it's under the assumption that Simmons won't be there. Okay, But if for some reason he is there and they're sitting there at 10, I think there would be a little bit of maybe a mutiny in that room. Vic Fangio would probably be pounding the table for Simmons. yeah. And Elway wanting to get his boy Drew Locke, that shiny new wideout, might be pounding the table for whichever one of those receivers they truly end up having their heart set on. That would talk about a Sophie's choice. That would be a real Sophie's choice. I just don't think it's going to happen.
3: I don't think the Broncos, this is just guesswork on my part. They're not doing that much you know, background check on Simmons because they don't think he's going to be available. Realistically, he's probably not going to escape the top five. Definitely by 10, he's going to be off the board. So like Chad said, they're operating under the assumption if they move to 10, they're doing it for the reason to skip the teams ahead of them and take a wide receiver. They're not going to trade up for Simmons or any other player. If they do move up, it's for a wide
2: receiver. Let's grab David jumping in, a super chat superstar bona fide. Appreciate you, David. He says, with a $20 super, he says, will John Elway confer with Locke at all in this draft? Didn't know if Locke has any say or opinion. I really doubt it. No, probably not. No. I mean, maybe he's gotten his opinion on which wideouts he likes, but I don't think Elway expects Drew Locke to have fully scouted the 2020 wide receiver draft class. But, you know, he needs to get a little bit more time under his belt, and then I think you'll see GMs, you know, his GM or his head coach come to him and ask for his opinion on things like this. But I highly doubt that, Zach
3: unless your name is peyton manning tom brady aaron Rodgers, you don't have influence on who the team drafts they're not going to come to you and and be the deciding factor after the fact they might call him up and be like what do you think of this pick or you know here's his number go work with him go call him up and get familiar with him but they're not going to go to him they're going to probably go to mike shula pat Shermer, you know matt russell vic fangio those are the 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 secondary brain trust but it's elway's final call and uh For as much as we love Drew Locke around here, he's still a first-year starter this season. He doesn't have that much clout or influence. He has to earn that. It's not given.
2: Bronx Legend says, By the way, Broncos country, I submitted a video for the day of the draft to the NFL. Hope I make the cut. We do too, my friend. And if you do, make sure you let us know and we'll help you promote it here at milehighhuddle.com and on YouTube and on our social media. Uh, Greg jumps in on Facebook saying, Wish we could have had uh, Chad and Zach here in Vegas with us surrounded by all these Raiders fans. Yeah. We wish it too, man. We really are still bummed about that. But uh, don't sleep on the prospect of us coming up with a way to make up for that, even if it doesn't end up, of course, being in Vegas. But maybe it will because the Broncos are going to be in Vegas at least once this year. Maybe your your boys here, your football priests will as well. Let's grab King Hicks with a $5 Super. Thank, Thank you so much, my friend. We really appreciate that. You're so consistent, and it means a lot to us, buddy. He says – if the rumors are true and we actually trade up to 10, what would you give up to make that move and who would you take? Hashtag California love, hashtag great content. Appreciate that, King Hicks. My my pick there of a reasonable selection, someone I could expect to be there, my per, my preferred would be Worfs, and I think he'll be there. Or I think there's a good chance he'd be there. If it comes down to picking between wide receivers, you guys know how I feel. I'm all about C.D. Lamb.
3: I just happen to think if if they do move up, it has to be for wide receiver. We all have our preferences. Mine is Henry Ruggs, but it's going to be one of those big three. And I want to just clear up a little misconception. I'm not saying you know they would pass on Simmons for a wide receiver, but he's not going to be there. I will bet you five dollars, Greco. Simmons will not be there at ten. So the point is moot. I'm saying the Broncos are operating realistically, thinking Simmons will be off the board. If we're going to move up, it's for wide receiver. Uh, he's right. the better player. He's the better talent. I would have
2: Simmons over a wide receiver. It's just not going to happen. And it's like I said. The, it, I mean, if that if the Broncos are looking to make that move, they understand that anything's possible. I mean, they didn't expect Bradley Chubb to be there at 5 in 2018. And so they're going to be prepared for anything and everything, but they're not making that trade with eyes of or expectations on getting Simmons. Now, if it came down to that, they're sitting at 10, and you got Simmons and your pick of the litter, a wide receiver – it's a real conversation. I think you would have a mutiny there in terms of,
3: yeah.
2: you know, a uh, hung jury, as it were. You'd have probably Vic Fangio and a lot of the scouts saying, let's grab Isaiah Simmons and John Elway would, you know, who knows, Matt Russell, what they would ultimately end up doing. I would think it would probably be Simmons, but it's a moot point, as Zach was saying, because the idea of him falling that far, uh, no not good. Shake's telling me, by the way, Chad's internet is mess- messing up, not Zach's which is weird because Zach's got booted out. So maybe we're both having issues. I don't know. That's, we've I don't see though.
3: So don't jinx it.
2: We'll see here. Um, all right, guys, let's see what else we've got. Just did a jump. Let's grab Don Juan jumping in $5 super. Thank you, Don. Appreciate you, Don with Vaughn having the, you know what now the virus, do you guys feel the season will still happen? No vaccine in sight. That was addressed specifically today by the task force uh, at the white house. Including for those of you who want to turn this into a partisan, it's not a partisan issue. Including the CDC doctors, uh, ins- including uh, Deborah Burks, Doctor Deborah Burks, Bo- uh, and Doctor Anthony Fauci, and basically what they said is once once a state gets into phase three of this recovery process, opening things back up, um, that point will be you'll be able to do stadiums, you'll be able to do all. So our is the NFL season going to happen? Yes. Barring this thing really, you know, knock on wood, bouncing back like in August or September with the same type of ferocity that it had six weeks ago, the NFL season is going to happen. The only question at this stage, Zach, remains, you know, are is it because you're not going to have all 50 states getting through their phases equally at the same time, you are, as a, as a league, you're going to have to have a contingency in place. And that might mean that... Because you couldn't favor, for example, let's say Denver got opened up and they're well into phase three and beyond and they can stack the stadium full of people, but their opponent in the division, let's say the Raiders, for example, they're still locked down. Well, that would be an unfair competitive advantage if the Raiders had to play in Denver and full of, you know, in front of 70 some odd thousand Broncos fans. Then when the Broncos travel to their stadium, it's just them and the players and coaches and essential personnel, that'd be an unfair advantage. So, if you get to the NFL season, Zach, this is my thought process based on what I heard today. I watched that entire press conference. I think you will, you'll if if you get there and things are still lopsided and NFL states, so states that have NFL cities, are not equal on equal footing in terms of the recovery. I think you'll see the NFL come up with a contingency wherein you know the first quarter of the season gets played only players and per- personnel, no fans. But I really don't think it's going to happen that way.
3: Supposedly, the schedule that's coming out next month is going to have you know an alternative set in place. So if they can do a reduced season, it won't affect the schedule. Listen, this is what I meant by overreactions. Though I'm not a doctor, I didn't stay at a Holiday Inn last night. But listen, it's April 16th right now. This thing has changed by the date, not by the month, not by the week, by the day. We talked about the projections earlier. It went from two million to a hundred thousand. Now that now down to thirty or forty. It's April 16th. By September, I think we'll have this under control and regardless of how they operate. And Chad made a good point. It's the state's discretion. It's governor's discretion. I'm just optimistic that four months from now, five months from now, we'll put this mostly behind us and get back to operating relatively normal. Like we used to know.
2: The Pola clan family jumping in with a $10 super. Appreciate Thank that. You. It's good to see you. I don't recognize your name, so it's good to have you. Welcome to mile high huddle and the huddle up podcast. Uh, Derek jumped in and the stream wow. passed by, so I had to grab and put him in here. I'll read where it cuts off for him, but thank you for that $10 hey, Derek. super, Derek. He says, uh, and by the way, if you're on Twitter, reach out, let me know who you are so I can tag you. He says, if we move to 10 and one of those tackles are there, or Simmons, it's going to be hard to pass on them considering how many wideouts are in this draft. You are literally getting first round talent in the third at wide receiver. You and I are sharing a brain on that, Derek, but not everyone, seems, is on the same page with that, I, and I think the Broncos might be one of those teams that they're not seeing it the same way as us. They have their heart set on one of these top wide receivers, it would seem, and they could still end up doubling up, Zach, at wide receiver, grabbing one in the first and grabbing one in the third.
3: Yeah, it's definitely a possibility, and this is what I'm saying. This is the most subjective class I, class I can recall in recent memory, Chat After the first two picks, nobody knows anything, especially for the Broncos. Everyone's split on the wide receivers, the tackles, who they should take. We can all agree the Broncos need offensive line help and wide receiver help. It's just a matter of how you want to go about attacking that. First round, second round, vice versa. I happen to think wide receiver is a pressing issue, but everyone has their opinion.
2: Here, here want to be sitting at 58 likes. This is on YouTube. He's saying, let's get a third of the 300 to like, to keep the community growing. You guys, that is a simple organic way to help these shows. You don't have to be a super chat superstar. Just make sure wherever you're watching this thing, you like this video. You have no idea how much that helps these, these videos, whether it's YouTube, Facebook, Periscope, the algorithms that these social media companies use, the more liking, the more engagement it helps them in the search and it helps you grow as a channel and reach in a, in a page or an account and helps you reach new followers, new listeners. So please heed what Bonabista is saying here. Appreciate you, my friend. Yes. And uh, like this video, we got over 400 watching on Facebook right now and we've got a couple hundred on, if not 300 on YouTube. So just make sure you do that before you bounce on out of here. We really appreciate it. Uh, Rick James. Hey guys, love your show. Appreciate it. How about we trade Todd Davis in the third to move up to get Simmons? I really think we need a middle linebacker that can cover a tight end because Kelsey kills us. Hey, you know, in a perfect world, I'd love to get Isaiah Simmons too. But if you want to get Isaiah Simmons, you want to guarantee that you got to get into the top five. And to get from 15 to 5, man, you're it's gonna take a lot more than Davis than the third. <laughs>
3: Yeah, he he had the same trade value as a Glad Bag, Chad. He has nothing. He he wouldn't even be a throw-in. He'd be multiple future picks, second-round picks, maybe a future first-round pick to move from 15 to five. Todd Davis has no trade value whatsoever. Uh, it just uh, it's not going to happen. Maybe from 15 to 10 they could do it, but not 15 to five.
2: Brian Greenfield, one of our super chat superstars, in fact, from the Mount Rushmore of Mile High Huddle, jumping in. Appreciate you, Brian. He says. Uh, what are the chances Lamb will be there at 10? Brian, I think all three of the top wideouts will be there at 10, yeah. which is why the Broncos are trying to get to 10. Because if you look at the way the top nine picks are shake out, no one in those first nine selections are really a threat. You never know. Beauty's in the eye of the beholder. The draft is one of the most unpredictable sports events that there is. But I, on paper, there doesn't appear to be as, as obvious a threat to take a wide receiver in that top nine, which is why 10 becomes the issue there why they would want to get to 10, because now you're leapfrogging the Jets at 11, the Raiders at 12, the Niners at 13. You're getting in front of all three of those teams who are expected to take a wide receiver or at least be in the market for a receiver. I think there's a really good chance CeeDee Lamb's there at 10, Zach.
3: I think among the big three he will be there at maybe even 15 he's not getting the same hype d- deserving or not it's Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs both team or both teams both players are drawing interest from other teams more so than CD lamb so yeah I think there's a, a really really high chance I would say almost a certainty that CD lamb would be there at 10.
2: We were also earlier in the show we were asked about from Buana the ideal nickelback or nickel safety dimebacker. And Dylan's bringing up Akeem Davis Gaither is also one of those guys. I agree with you, Dylan. He's one of those guys that you could play off-ball linebacker in base, probably, you know, he's going to, t- he would take a little time to marinate. He would need to put on some pounds, uh, probably get a little bit, at least get over 230 pounds to uh, really hold up there. But in the meantime, you could play him at that as that box safety and that dimebacker role, really interesting guy and, you know, small school from Appalachian state, but, a lot of those guys uh, have a lot of heart in them. So uh, Martin jumping in, $5 super chat. You, appreciate Martin. you, Martin. It's good to see you. If you're on Twitter, let me know who you are so we can uh, give you some love and tag you after the show. Randy, appreciate you. Love your pod, your guys' podcast. Very informative and have some great points. Thank well, you, Randy. Thanks, my friend. That means the world to us. All right, let's see what else we got. We've got about eight minutes until we reach our time to get out of here for today. Let's see what Scott says here on Facebook, (laughs) sweet, sweet uh, profile pic too, by the way, I would take a wide receiver since I think Sutton will want big money on his next contract and can see him holding out, wanting to be overpaid. Yeah. I mean, you've got Sutton for two more years on a second round contract, Zach. So that does. And you know, when it comes to negotiations, as we've seen, it's not always a slam dunk. So if you want to hedge against the future, that's another reason why it might be wise to not only take one in in the first round this year, but double up.
3: Not to mention you want to have two young receivers growing with your franchise quarterback and Drew Locke, who's also on his rookie contract as well. And that's what I'm saying. Take advantage of the draft capital. Take advantage of this being a loaded draft class and take advantage of the, the the team that you're building, the nucleus that you're building, let them all grow together and dominate. Not just for 2020, but for years
2: to come. Appreciate that. We freestyle forever means a lot to us. Speaking to Super Chat Superstars from the MHH Mount Rushmore, Steve jumping in at vote. Uh, what is it at? I think I have it memorized at Boat Moose eighty right on Twitter, my friend. Ten dollars super, thank you, thank Steve. You, is your mock draft roundtable still on Sunday? Hey, hey, hey! Thank you for reminding us. This is the last time you're going to hear from Chad and Zach uh, this week, but Sunday, of course, we would be back in the saddle normally anyway. Sunday night's going to be our War Room Mock Draft. So you're going to have myself, Zach, you're going to have Nick, Carl, you're going to have Eric and Lance, and the six of us uh, in fact also we're going to have Luke Patterson on that. So it'll be a seven man war room appropriate number, don't you think? Seven and uh, we're going to make the best we can of it. I mean in years past when we do the War Room, we've always pre-recorded those conversations and uploaded it as a podcast and this time we're going to do it live so it's sure to have some fireworks, Zach. It'll be fun.
3: Yeah, it's going to give a little preview of what the NFL is going through with their virtual draft as well. So hopefully you kinks, Kings, Chad.
2: Amen to that. I am Supreme 22. Jumps in. $2 super. Appreciate you, Thank my you. friend. Candy bar money. To keep the show so sweet. <laughs> Be safe, y'all. Thank you. Appreciate that, my, my brother. And you as well. Uh, Flippin' Booch. Jumping in. $2 super. As of Amen. now, our defense will get smoked. <laughs> Deep. Thoughts? <laughs> Uh, thank you, Flippin' Boots. You know we appreciate you. Um, yeah, you got to worry a little bit about the corners. That's why I still view cornerback as a first-round caliber need for this team if if the right guy is there. Um, but you do have the, arguably the best safety duo in the league, even though Kareem Jackson's getting a little long in the tooth. You do have the best safety duo in, or arguably one of the best safety duos Justin Simmons as a center fielder, as a guy who can you know, basically be a shell over over, uh, deep coverage, that helps out a lot, Zach. But these corners, like A.J. Bouye, he doesn't win based on speed. He wins by jacking people up at the line and being physical uh, at the stem point on these routes. Bryce Callahan has a little bit more speed to him. He's not the fastest guy. Neither is Devontae Bosby. They all kind of have their own unique strengths and skill sets, all three are quintessential Fangio corners. That's why with Fangio, it's not so much about hey Aqib Talib or hey Chris Harris go lock this dude down. It's about the coverage, not only going hand in hand to account for the different wide receiver threats that are on the field, but also confounding the quarterback to a point where he holds onto the ball just a little bit longer, and then Bond Miller's got him. So it's supposed to be a you know an ecosystem that uh, thrives together.
3: I'm just wondering if this is a typo or a fairly telling autocorrect, Chad, because if thoughts are smoking the Broncos' defense, they have bigger problems than just NFL teams. But I don't see the Broncos' defense with much deficiencies this season, even with their, their lackluster, I'd say, or unproven cornerback core. You have great linebackers, obviously. You have a great defensive line now with Jerome Casey. You have Justin Simmons, Kareem Jackson. You need a third safety, another cornerback. But I don't see any area where they have any sort of weakness. Maybe Todd Davis would be your weakest link, and even if that's the case – we have a really good defense in place. I don't see many teams smoking the Broncos. I believe they'll be top 10 in most categories this year. A second year under Vic Fangio, all their players coming back healthy, and I just think they're going to be really solid all the way around.
2: WE jumping in, $5 super. Appreciate that, Thank WE. You. And my message to you as well, if you're on Twitter, please reach out and let me know who you are so I can tag you. Can't wait for the Judge Judy and Supreme Court wide receiver. <laughs> that, that, would make, that would make for a badass poster. I like that. Should trademark that. Josh jumping in. That's right, W.E., get that Get that locked down. Uh, another uh, $2 super. Thank you, Josh, you my go. friend. And he says, are you guys having a live stream during the draft? It's funny you should ask. We've mentioned it a few times, but, yes, next week we will be going live right before the first round kicks off Thursday night, and we plan on having the stream going the entire first round, the entire – uh, Friday, so day two, second and third round. But Zach and I, we don't yet know exactly how we're going to rotate uh, the, the hosts. So Zach and I will open things up with you. As news breaks, though, for our website, we're going to have to jump off and on, but we're going to rotate Zach myself. You'll see Nick for sure. You'll see Eric for sure. You'll probably see Lance for sure. We'll all be taking turns, as it were, at the, at the, at the microphone hosting and keeping the conversation going, talking to you guys in the stream, reacting to what's happening in the draft in real time. It's going to be a guess. I can't wait for it because Zach, in years past, you know, we do a podcast after the fact, right? We react to what we saw and we'll be doing all that stuff too later on. But this time we're going to be live. You're going to get the raw gut reaction to everything as it unfolds.
3: And having the interaction with Super Chat Chat is going to add a new layer to it. So you and I talk about this off camera a lot. We're really excited to see how it's going to play out this year. We're looking, we're hoping you guys are looking forward to it as well.
2: Yeah, all, just all the conversation in the chat stream, it's just going to be – we're really stoked and looking forward to it. All right, let's see here what else we got before we get out of here. I don't want to miss anybody. Um, John's got a good question on Facebook. If we get our wide receiver at 10 or 15 – Would you see Elway trading back into the first round for a linebacker like Kenneth Murray? I could see it happening, yes. Now, depending on if you traded up to 10, odds are you gave up at least one of your third-round picks, probably two. We'll see. We'll see. So it's going to limit your ability to then trade back into the first round. But if they stand pat at 15 and take a wide receiver, I could very much see them using at least one of those third-round picks jump in either late first, early second, would it be a linebacker? I doubt it. I think it would be for a corner if they took a wide out at 15, a corner or an offensive lineman. But Kenneth Murray, really good linebacker. I just don't think the Broncos view their linebacker as a day one need when it comes to the draft.
3: Yeah, they're not going to make consecutive trades up the uh, the board in, in both rounds. If they move up to, from 15 to 10, they're good, and they would let the board fall to them probably in the second round or vice versa like Chad just laid out. But Murray is someone who's a fringe day one talent to begin with, and and as the Broncos showed last year, they believe they can get by with the sum of all their parts at inside linebacker. I don't think they'd splurge to trade up for Kenneth Murray, might not even be the best inside linebacker after Simmons in this draft class. And so, uh, I think a far fetched scenario for sure for Denver.
2: Let's grab Jake. And by the way, Jake. Are you on Twitter? Because I type your name out after every podcast, but I'm not able to tag you. So if you are, reach out and let me know so I know who you are. Appreciate that $5 super, my yes, friend. Thank you, Jake. First two picks, wide receiver, then a center, then the rest, defense. Get Big Fangio, the young guys that he likes for his type of defense. I would just throw in there tackle. tackle. <laughs> a tackle. Yes. I mean, you gotta you gotta build that nest for Drew Locke. You know what I'm saying?
3: I agree. They don't need a tight end. They don't need a running back. They don't need a quarterback, another tackle and a center, and they can turn to the defense with the defensive line, inside linebacker, secondary. I agree with you, though. The premise is the first couple rounds, the first premium picks have to be devoted. I'll say it again to Drew Locke and the offense.
2: Zach, I might need your uh, help interpreting this. One of our Super Chat superstars, Glenn, saying Simmons is going to be a part of a murder Super Bowl week. That's a bold prediction. Dude, what what is he getting at did we miss something there
3: he's doing his rate best ray lewis impersonation i don't i'm not
2: sure about it <laughs> he, he might be responding to something in the stream that we missed or something but um all right let's see what else we got here guys bear with me one second james from across the pond jumping in 10 pound super chat thank you, thank james. you james that's awesome you know we appreciate you my friend and uh you don't have to uh, we don't expect you to do that I appreciate your help and what you do in the Mile High Huddle Facebook group, the Denver Broncos Superfans, and uh, I just want you to know that it means a lot, your contributions to the community, my friend. He says, wide receiver. the wide receiver class is deep, but the real drop-off after Tier 1 of Lamb, Ruggs, and Judy in the top 15, going from them to Mims, Rager, and Jefferson in the top 30. Uh, by pick 46, the Broncos could be looking at Tier 3 or 4 wide receivers. Oof. That's why he's saying rugs at 10 and maybe like a John Hightower, the Boise State sleeper, uh, wide receiver at 118. Yeah, I could live with that. That's
3: my worry. I mean, if you chant and take someone else or trade up for Simmons or a tackle, you're you're leaving it to where the, there's going to be a giant run on wide receivers. And by the second-round pick, there might not be anyone left but Ayuk or a LaVisca Chanel, and then you're kind of limiting yourself. So if you can get the Tier 1 guys, the blue chippers, go out and get them and secure them. They, they just have to make that move if they have enough conviction.
2: All right. The chat stream, we got two or three more Supers, and then we got to get out of here for tonight, my friends. This uh, passed by this awesome listener. So I'm going to grab him real quick and give him some love and answer his question. Red John jumping in. Um, let's grab your question here. $5 super. Thank, Thank you, you. My, my friend, huge fan. Also, what do you think happened with the Amukamara rumors? How dire is the cornerback situation? And does writing off Callahan make me crazy or are you all there too? So, Zach and I view this issue, the cornerback issue, a little bit differently. We can and I'll let Zach articulate his perspective on this. As it relates to Amukamara, the only explanation is that he was asking for more than Vic Fangio felt like he was worth considering what the Broncos already have on the roster. Vic Fangio knows better than, or as well as any coach on the face of the earth, Amukamara is worth, right? And so, I can only assume Amukamara was holding out for a little bit more than the Broncos were willing to pay. I do think there was a mutual interest there. I do think they probably have had talks behind closed doors, agent to GM and whatnot, but it just came down to money. Now, how dire is corner? We've been telling you since that first, second, and third wave of free agency ended that we'd like to see the Broncos make one more like either premium round cornerback addition or a free agent signing like Amukamara Mukamara. It doesn't look like, Zach, it's going to be a Mukamara. I think it's going to be a corner in the draft. Pick somewhere in round one, two, or three. I agree with
3: you, Chad. That's where we deviate. I just don't think cornerback is a first-round need. I don't think it's a second-round need. I think they can wait on that position after bringing in Boye, and uh, I just don't think it's more pressing than wide receiver. In terms of Mamou the Broncos are not the only ones who had that opinion. He's still unsigned for a reason. So it might be an injury. It might be something he's giving off behind the scenes. It might be he's holding up for more money than he thinks he's worth. We've seen that happen multiple times this offseason. Derek Wolf comes to mind. If they wanted him, we've been saying it since March and February, they would have signed him by now. I I just don't think it's going to happen. Maybe after the draft, remote possibility, it's not looking very likely.
2: Let's grab Uh, Nad Ludlow here, jumping in. $5 super. Thanks, my friend. Also, if you're on Twitter, please reach out and let me know who you are so that uh, I can tag you. He says, you may have already talked about this, but will you guys be doing anything for day two and three of the draft? Love you guys. Hashtag state of being. Not as much as we love you, Mr. Ludlow. You know that. Um, Yes, so we are going to be doing a podcast Friday night live stream. I intend on it being for the entire duration of round two and three, which will move quicker than round one does. And then day three is Saturday, and it kicks off local time, 10 a.m., I believe, mountain time, noon Eastern. And so that one, you know, we'll probably, I haven't decided quite yet if we're going to go live for day three. Worst case scenario, there will be a gut reaction live stream after the draft commences that later that night on Saturday. But Zach, I think for now we're in a kind of a holding pattern for day three. We want to see how things go on Thursday, yeah. how well we hold up. If what were we on too long Thursday and Friday night, or people getting burned out? We'll see how it goes day one and day two, and then let you know by uh, probably by the end of day two whether or not we're going to do it as well for day three.
3: It's going to be a little touch and go because this is all uncharted right now with the virtual draft and everything going on. But we will, one way or the other, wrap up day three. We will come on here and talk about it. We might not know exactly when, but we will have a plan, which we'll get out to you guys in the ahead.
2: Got to grab this question from our friend Dale out in Hawaii. Appreciate you, my friend. Thank you, Dale. He says, if we sit at 15 and the top three receivers and top four offensive tackles are gone, you have Kinlaw, you have C.J. Henderson there, who gets the nod? Hmm. Well, trade uh, down, gets the nod. I would definitely explore a trade down in that scenario. I d- I really don't think this would happen this way because you know you're going to be working in Isaiah Simmons. You're going to be working in Okuda into that top 14 selections. You're going to be working in the quarterbacks as well. So I think there are going to be a few options of those seven players you're talking about there, Dale, that are going to be available to the Broncos. But in this apocalypse scenario. If I boil it down to those two picks, hmm, it'd be tough for me because I've advocated for Kinlaw Law in the past. You know, my analysis and opinion, it evolves. The closer we get to the draft, you know, my, my opinions evolve and change. The the analytics say that the least risky pick in the first round is a defensive line. Believe it or not, this was something that Thomas Hall sussed out in a, a research article that he did. Go check it out at milehighhuddle.com. The defensive tackle for the last nine years, that defensive lineman have been the most likely to hit in the first round. So from a hit-bust perspective, your odds of hitting are higher with Kinlaw. Meanwhile, there are many people inside the NFL who believe C.J. Henderson is the best cover corner in this class, even better than Okuda. But he sucks at tackling. So you have a conflict there. If Vic Fangio loved his coverage ability enough, that he felt like he could coach him up those, Zach, on the – on the tackling, then you might be able to make something happen. So to answer his question though, and then I'll serve it over to you. My thought process on this today would actually be to take CJ Henderson.
3: If I can't trade down, I'm taking Kinlaw because Shelby Harris on a one-year contract, he might not be back next year. You, you lost Adam Gotze's and Derek Wolf. Jarrell Case is not going to be around forever. And what I love about taking Kinlaw, he wouldn't feel any pressure to play right away like a C.J. Henderson would or maybe some other rookie players. He can relax. He can coach. He can come along slowly. And if you have Kinlaw as your backup behind Jarrell Casey, and he's anchoring the middle of a defense that features Von Miller on one side and Bradley Chubb on another. You're just setting the defense up not only for now but for the future. So uh, if I can't trade down, I'm taking Kinlaw on that scenario.
2: All right, let me make sure it's about time for us. Oh, wow, we're 10 minutes after. we got to get out of here, you guys. Um, let me just make sure we're not missing anybody. I am Supreme jumping back in. Appreciate you, my Thank brother. Uh, I think we got everybody. And if we miss someone, I'll I'll find it after the fact and we'll make it up to you. But guys, that I am supreme says the draft is upon us. Go Broncos. Amen to that. It's here, Zach. It's uh, next. I mean, these next this next week is going to be a lot of fun. Just kind of speculating as things begin to pick up momentum and we inch closer to the draft. And we're going to be here alongside our awesome listeners every step of the way. But that's got to do it, you guys, for today's episode of the Huddle Up podcast. Thank you for making this week another phenomenal, awesome week of podcasting for Mile High Huddle and the Huddle Up podcast. The whole crew, we appreciate you guys, every one of you. Thank you for joining us on the live stream. Thank you for participating in the chat and contributing to this conversation. It's a Mile High salute to all of our super chat superstars out there. You know who you are. We appreciate you guys so much. Make sure you're following the show at Huddle Up Pod. Also, at Mile High Huddle. Don't forget, guys, before you X out of here, like the video. Like the video before you bounce out. You guys have no idea how helpful that is to us. And then here's what to look forward to. I know you'll have another episode of uh, Dove Valley Deep Divers tomorrow night, 6 Mountain, 8 Eastern, followed by another one Saturday. So you'll still get two more days of podcasting. Zach and I are going to take a step back. We'll be back in the saddle Sunday night, 615 uh, Mountain, 815 Eastern. And we'll do the War Room. Zach, it's going to be a guest.
3: Yeah, I, I was going to say, based on that last point, enjoy this build-up to the draft, guys, because after the draft, if things are how they are now, going to be that way for a couple months, we're not going to have anything else to talk about. No more rumors, no more speculation. This is one of the more fun parts of the offseason, the lead-up, the build-up, the anticipation, the speculation. Enjoy it now for the week to come. I know I'm excited. I know I'm excited for the draft, It's, but I'm just thinking what it's going to be like after the fact. So just enjoy this next week.
2: Tony, Why is Trickle having his mock so soon? I'm not sure what you're talking about. Trickle has submitted his final mock draft to me already. I haven't published it yet. So that'll probably come out Monday of next week. We'll do the War Room Sunday. So I'm not sure what you mean by that. but uh, And no, for those of you that are asking, Trickle is not burned out on the draft. He's very overworked at this stage. He's been working his ass off. So he could use a rest, but this dude's a sick maniac when it comes to the draft, man. He just spends hours and hours and hours class talking to his sources, talking to scouts, watching uh, film, ranking players, the whole nine yards. So he just thrives on this stuff. But, guys, we got to get out of here. Zach, my my brother, have a great weekend, and we'll talk again on Sunday.
3: You as well. I'll see you Sunday, Chad. Everyone else, appreciate you as always. And uh, another great week of podcasting, Chad.
2: Much love, Broncos country. For Zach, I'm Chad. We'll talk to you again Sunday night.
1: You've been listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore.